0: Jenna. Yes. What do you call a deer in Boston with no eyes? I don't know what. A no idea? Everybody and welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman, I am your host and I am joined once again by my very good friend Amanda Faro, the Princess of Power. How are you?
1: I am pandemic pretty okay.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm pandemic pretty okay also. Uh we got it's been a couple of weeks. We took a it week off because you had an incredibly busy week last I week. Did. So, I just we tried to figure out when to record and I was like, listen, I can't record for 20 minutes at 3 a.m. on Thursday because that was your only unscheduled time. And I said, That's you know true. what? There are no cops. We can just, we can just skip it. So we, there's did. no
1: podcast cops where we go. So
0: there's no podcast cops. So I appreciate all of your patience. Hopefully everybody got a chance to listen to our podcast. Uh, how to be a uh, how to raise better allies. If you didn't listen to it, I encourage you to stop right now. Go listen to it. It's a very good show. It's so and, good. Um, One and of if our you best. don't have time, to- yeah, I think so too. And if you don't have time, that's cool. We'll remind you because I have a feeling we'll be resharing it probably once every four weeks, forever. And I know that maybe because I put up the social, I created a social content calendar, um, so I know when everything's getting shared. But um, we're back. We talked about the serious stuff, but now we're getting stupid again because it's time for video games. We took two weeks. There were a whole bunch of video game things that were announced. Uh, Unfortunately, as we took the sum total of those very important video game things, it was headshot central for the last two weeks. So So many
1: boom headshots.
0: So many boom headshots. So not for us. No. Um, However... We have one of those games that I'm gonna talk about ever so briefly later on, and all of you will understand why. Uh when we talk about one for the grown-ups.
1: On but brand.
0: Because it's on brand for me, and y'all y'all will understand it. Um I'll probably go yell about it on like respawn aim fire or something. Um so if you want to hear me like freak out about it, I'll go there. That's like my HBO special where I get to go talk about like serious stuff. So um all right. Before we get too much farther, I want to—I do want to talk about our sponsor, which is the Virtual Economy Podcast, which you just recorded, like what twenty minutes ago with somebody, um, one of your uh, good friends from the industry. Mm-hmm. You had, and it was a awesome conversation. To my understanding, I can't wait to listen to it about uh, diversity and inclusion and how it relates to Ubisoft, et cetera. I can't wait.
1: It's—it was a really, really long conversation. It was like an hour and forty-five minutes. Um, but it was great. We touched on everything that I wanted to talk about. And our guest is so incredibly knowledgeable and literally does DNI for a living as well as it, as well as has explored it as a scholar in academia. So she was incredible. It was an incredible conversation. That's good. Like so by the time that you all are listening to this, that episode will be live because it is technically going live on Wednesday and yeah. we're recording this on a Tuesday.
0: Yep. So uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. So uh, that's exciting. I can't wait to hear that. You guys always have such really interesting topics. You, think, you would think, oh, well, it's just going to be about dollars and cents, and it's really not because you talk about everything related to those dollars and cents, which is we often do. very, very interesting. We also have another thing to talk about. I don't want to call it a sponsor because it's me and that would be weird, but we have a new podcast. <laughs> we do have a, a new podcast. Of- Yes, there is a new podcast that is joining the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast Network family, and that is another podcast with me, uh, and with another of my good friends, Dana Brown. It is a podcast called EFG LFG PST. Uh, it is a World of Warcraft podcast. Now you might be saying to yourself, Steve, why are you making a podcast about World of Warcraft? Well, number one, because I'm why at not? the driver's seat and I can do whatever I want. But the other piece is, You're World of Warcraft, mom. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, and so, The, it is a game that from my perspective is so many different things to so many different people. It has been around for a very long time, more than 15 years at this point. And so this is literally a podcast about uh, two friends who have been playing On and off together for that entire time. And we are going to be a casual perspective into that game. So if you are just kind of casually interested in what's happening with it, you can listen to us and we'll fill you in. And yeah, it'll be a fun, it will be a uh, fun ride. The first episode went live just the other day. And Mm -hmm. here's what's cool about it. All of the podcasts that we publish will be coming through under this feed. So you don't even have to do anything different. You just. Keep subscribing, and you get to see it. Uh, in other news, I found out that sometime in September, the EFG Daily Commute will be coming back because I will have a commute to the office one day a week. Wow! Um, so, that's uh, news. That's, so the return of the EFG Daily Commute. Let me tell you, Amanda, I have never wanted to drive into downtown Hartford more. Once a week, I don't want to do it for all the once a week with uh two other people in the office cuz is 25% capacity. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. We uh they gave us the layout. I get to have a whole conference room to myself. What? Wait. Well, cuz they're you putting this
1: lucky in, duck.
0: They they don't want to put us in the middle where no. all of us are near each other. They're putting us all in conference rooms. And guess how many we have? 3. And guess how many people can come in at one time? 3. <laughs> um and I have some really awesome masks. I should get an EFG mask. Um, would that be too dark?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't know. No, it's an accessory. Just think of accessory. it as an accessory. That's what I yeah. think of my masks as. That's fair.
0: I, I 100% bought a Spaceballs the face mask mask the other day. Perfect. I cannot That's wait. That's another
1: extremely on-brand thing for you.
0: Yeah. I know that we've never talked about that, but are, are you surprised? You're not surprised at all that I like that. No. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. So all goofiness aside... We have a new podcast. I hope you all enjoy it. Uh it is a casual approach to World of Warcraft. And at the very it's least really it's,
1: approachable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh and Dana's great. You haven't met yes. her yet. I'm sure that you'll meet her at some point.
1: Yeah. Um Well, we'll I have listened her to here. the episode, so
0: Yeah. So you kinda know her. Kinda. Um, and it truly was the perkiest that she's ever sounded uh when she uh when she greeted me opening the show. So anyway. <laughs> um let's go around the horn because one thing that you and I have done. Over these last two weeks, as we played some freaking video games, we played some games. So um, I want to. I'm going to start with the usual suspects, and I think this will probably be our thing. I, as inspired by you, uh, picked up all the DLCs for the Civilization Six.
1: Yeah.
0: And I proceeded to get my tail handed to me on the regular. I got it was a bit is not even the right word. You got worse. I like – I got – they they gave me the business. I forget who it was. Um, It was the guy that's in charge of India decided that was – I think it's India. Not not India. Indonesia. That would, be, Indonesia. that would be Gandhi. Not, uh, not,
1: Indonesia? That was Gitarja.
0: Maybe it was not. Okay, it was a dude in a turban, and I don't know. He had an awesome, super cool green one, and I thought he was – I can't remember where he's from because this was two weeks totally ago.
1: Don't worry about um, it. There's
0: but a lot he, deci- he decided—oh, there are so many—and uh, they—and they're adding more with all this DLC. He decided that I—that—that that I was just not cool, and I. His—he decided that I needed to be eradicated, and he eradicated me. Like this was not like a gentle thing. He just destroyed me in a matter of two or three minutes, and um, so you're going to have to tutor me.
1: Oh, don't worry. I got you.
0: Because I, there's no way I could wreck Teddy. I just want the, the whole time I was like, Amanda would be so disappointed in me as my, oh. like, as my civilization crumbled to the ground. But no. I will say, uh, that game, uh, the music, oh, uh, can, is it under, can I say it's underrated because nobody like ever talks about it? Like civilization soundtrack is something I could listen to on Spotify. Yes. Like, all day. All day. And I it's would encourage- It's really good
1: work music.
0: Everybody, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's orchestral, there's, you know, whatever. And it, and it really just changes moods, you know, mm-hmm. appropriately. It is so good. And yeah. that's one of the things that I really noticed. And I never really paid attention to the music before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was about this time and this setting. I think it's cause I was just nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it was, it was great. It definitely, uh, made me, uh, the music definitely told me that it was time to concede when I conceded. I'll tell you that much. Uh, and it's hard for music to do that. It oppressed me. And I was like, all right, I'm out. Uh, so that was Civ Six. I am so grateful that you streamed that because it inspired me to get it. Even though I was losing, I still had so much fun, and I learned an awful lot.
1: That's uh, the point of, of early, like when you're when you're starting to get into any strategy game at all, it's all about learning what the early game looks like. So that you can not make the same mistakes, you can make different mistakes, and you can learn a little bit more each time that you play. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, I'm into it. And you know what? Ready Player Mom and Wrecking History are going to be making a comeback, I think, next
0: week. Assuming the, assuming the world is not on fire. I can't assuming wait. Assuming
1: the world is not on fire, it's either going to be next week or it is going to be uh, the week after. But we did our, we did our mid-season finale with Sarah and it was a ton of fun and it was our last stream on Mixer. So we're moving over, officially moving over to Twitch, which,
0: you you know, you should, you should probably give, before you go live, you should probably give me moderator privileges so that when I, so that when I pop in, when I can, I can help. Um,
1: I appreciate that.
0: Uh, I'm going to do the same thing with you. So, (laughs) um, Turnabout is fair play. Okay, so that's my. The, obviously, I played. I continued to play World of Warcraft. I, I have not stopped. I don't have anything particularly new to say, other than, man, am I ready for an expansion? Uh, and we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Amanda, what, what what have you been playing? That's a usual suspect. Have you been? Have you gone back to the well, or are you playing new stuff?
1: I. You know, it's funny. I really haven't been playing too much from. Um, from my regular gaming pool looking at my my gaming right now i was I was doing a review but i can't talk about that so so yeah i i actually have been playing new games at uh, tonight i think potentially we might be going back to final fantasy 14 but mm. we haven't been we haven't played final fantasy 14 in
0: weeks it's been like 3 weeks it's weird well cuz you've had a lot going on yes. um your work has been blowing up and so I Which totally I'm grateful get that. For. Yes, listen. And. Considering you guys do consulting, you need to be busy. So that is good. However, I it'll be—I bet you—it will feel great to pop back into that world. Me like too. Yeah, um,
1: because, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah.
1: And getting uh, back I, to civilization yeah. either next week or the week after is going to feel great. Um, but yeah, actually, I have not played. I haven't. I haven't been playing my regulars. I haven't been playing my usuals at all.
0: Well then. Let's uh let's continue around the horn and let's talk about some of the new games that we've been playing because between the two of us guys we have four new games to talk about. Um, sure. Why don't you go first? Let's talk about the ps de Resistance. Let's just get it just right out of the way. It's a game that you are excited about. I'm excited about. Every time it comes up, I tweet at you and you, we lose our mind collectively. Finally, you've gotten your hands on Ooblets.
1: Ooblets. I mean, it's not Bug Snacks. No, I'm just kidding. It's not Bug Snacks. it's Ooblets. Ooblets! It's Ooblets. I I just just started playing this game. I got my code today from the lovely people at Pop Agenda.
0: Um, Wait, Pop Agenda is doing Ooblets, too?
1: Yeah, what isn't Pop Agenda doing these days? Goodness. So, wonderful, wonderful people at Pop Agenda were like, hey, Amanda, do you have a code for this? Do you want to get in on the early access? We know that you're, like, really excited about Ooblets, but you're not on our list. And I'm like, I wouldn't say no. I certainly can talk about it on Engaged Family Gaming. Um, so yeah, they, they sent me a code today. I installed it. I played about an hour of it. Okay. So it is about as cute as you'd expect it to be.
0: I expect it to be very cute though.
1: It's very cute. It's extremely cute. So you get, you get, you, you get into the game, you get to build your avatar, your, you know, your, your person, and you go over to, to this new island where they have ooblets, because your island that you grew up on, like where you grew up, there there were no ooblets. Ooblets were outlawed, I guess. So you don't have any experience with ooblets. So you show up, you meet the mayor, you go you go ahead and you meet a lot of the townsfolk, uh, start doing quests, and you start doing this these dance battles with your ooblets. I need to talk about these dance battles.
0: Okay, so to be clear, the combat system in this game is entirely driven by dance battles. Is that what I understand? Okay.
1: Yes, and you use cards in order to execute your dance moves.
0: Excuse me, so this is a card battling game also?
1: Yes, correct. It is, in fact, the most Amanda game you've ever heard of.
0: (laughs) The only thing we need now is like a detailed crafting system and... All the characters need to secretly be based on world leaders.
1: I mean, okay, that's fair. That's
0: fair. Like, if we do all that, can you can you dress up your character too?
1: Yes. Oh can. wow. You can buy clothes. Oh you can buy this clothes. You can literally. buy furniture. You can, you know, you get you get right into the farming element of things where you're like you're growing these weird fruits and you, that's how you grow your ooblets too. You don't just find them. You like you plant them in the ground and your ooblets grow. But anyway, we gotta talk about the dance battle for a second. Because the dance battles are card based. So you have, you have your hand of, I think, four cards in, in this dance battle. And you have three beats that you can use unless you, you know, up your beats or whatever. You have hype cards, which (laughs) change the value of the points that you are putting down because like your ooblets hyped. Um, it's ridiculous. The whole thing is Utterly ridiculous, and it is so wholesome and so cute. And I have five ooblets now, like it's incredible. I'm that's so of, like I'm so happy. I'm so happy with this game, and I've only spent an hour with it, and I just like put it like immediately right here in my veins forever, like just steady drip of ooblets.
0: Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty it's good. Great. Um, I want like a hype card T-shirt like that's what i want cuz i think i feel like that would be appropriate for me
1: i that... feel like that would be entirely appropriate for you yeah. and probably for me
0: yeah absolutely uh <laughs> this so whenever the, so this game got announced what like 4 years ago like this yeah. was this game has been around in development long time because it's being made by two people so like th- a husband and wife break. team yeah and clearly the scope on this game has changed a few times because you know like once you find out once you had a pretty good idea that it was probably going to be one of the biggest games of the year the year that it comes out you know you gotta you 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 can you put a little put put a little effort into it
1: and uh, last year and epic games took on uh oh. publishing helping to publish yeah and, exclusively yeah. on egs which gave them money up front and was able to like you know, there was a, a bigger marketing push behind it because there was money behind it.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely, man. I, and I would imagine that no longer having to panic about, you know, they blogged like, about it.
1: Yeah, yeah they I talked. Mean, they were really open about the fact that this allowed them to make the game that they always wanted to make, yeah. but didn't have the budget to do it.
0: Yeah, and not not having to worry about paying your rent for your office and like eat. Yep. <laughs> Cuz it's the husband and wife team. This is
1: yeah, And they have listen. contractors and everything like that. Oh, of course. But they're but they're the only two full-time full-time developers yeah. and creatives working on this project. And let me tell you, this game does not play like it's a tiny little indie game. It feels like even though this is early access and things are going to change before it comes goes into full release, it is just what a joyful game so far. I am I'm utterly thrilled and charmed. And I'm really excited to keep playing some more.
0: Okay, so that's Ooblets. I am oh man, it comes out so this week is so crowded for me.
1: It's really which, crowded this week.
0: Because we got that we got this Ooblets action, which I am very excited about. Mm-hmm. We got uh Paper Mario on oh, Friday. Yeah. That's which, gonna be rad. Which looks very much like my game. Mm-hmm. Um it looks mm-hmm. like it is made specifically for me. And, um, and then for the grownups, also for me, Ghost of Tsushima, which is samurai game. Yes. Um,
1: we're also getting that one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, man. So yeah. just to talk about that very briefly, not about the game itself, but so my oldest son was like, dad, why are you excited about that? You're not in the target demographic for that game. And I was like, For a second, I was like, what are you talking about? You know why? He's like, well, Dad, they made it for 18 to 34-year-olds, and you're older than that. And so what he did is he called me old in marketing speak.
1: Oh, I'm so proud of him.
0: I know. I was like, have you been listening to Virtual Economy? (laughs) Um, Because that sounds like a diss that they would throw down in the middle. You
1: don't fit the demographics for
0: this. You don't fit the demo, Dad, because you're too old.
1: Because you're too old, Dad. That's um, I like my heart swells. It swells.
0: It's, uh, it's, well, two, it swelled. Now it's two sizes too big. It's two um, sizes too big. Because um, and, and admittedly, like I was equal parts really indignantly angry, but yes. also really proud. And then there was a third one where I was like, I've got to be. Th- th- maybe I'm not the, the 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 like I'm there's there's I'm on the whiteboard somewhere. I almost I almost tweeted at. Freaking uh, Andrew GoFarb, and be like, hey, can you just lie to me and tell me that I'm in a target demographic for this game? <laughs> <laughs> just lie to me and make me feel better.
1: Um, Here's your cookie, Steve. <laughs> yeah,
0: make me feel better. My old, um, <laughs> Really, that's just a matter of dragging myself on the Internet. He'd be like, who is this strange, strange man? Um, Anyway, so that's
1: basically uh, telling on yourself.
0: I am really telling on myself, but uh, whatever. So all right. So that's Ooblets. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I am so incredibly hyped for that game. Cannot wait to get my hands on it. I'm probably going to wait uh, because I, I struggle with early access games. I am probably going to wait until, like, they do an update. Not, like, 1.0, okay. but I'm probably going to wait until it's, like, halfway there. Um, otherwise known as I'm going to wait until you tell me that it's ready for me. Um, and okay. so, because it, it's not like I talk to you literally every day. So, all right, I want to talk about a game.
1: Okay, tell me about the game. Um,
0: game right. uh, I'm going to talk about cross code.
1: What? Tell me about cross okay. code. I'm, okay. I'm curious about this game.
0: Well, cause you've definitely heard all sorts of props, right? Cause you, oh, you hell. know, John Phipps has yeah. been talking about one of his favorite games of the year, if not generation. Uh, you know, a bunch of people have been talking about, you know, some of the, one of the best RPGs of all time. Uh, I noped the hell out of this game after like 20 minutes and here. Ooh is why and here so here's what the happened? thing uh i think the setup is awesome um because it is uh it is 100 sword art online you are do you, are you familiar with sword art online i'm
1: familiar with sword okay. art online never played it but i'm familiar Well, with
0: it's, a, it. it's an anime or
1: sorry i have never actually but it's seen also it. a game yeah wait a second hold on hold it yeah continue all right. I had to. I had to think. I had to think about what I was going to say, and I don't right. have anything to say. So That's fine.
0: Continue. Um, so you're basically you're trapped in an MMO doing some stuff. You have and you can't talk, and so you're playing through. You know, you're playing through an MMO, which by itself would be like, wow, Steve, a 16-bit JRPG where you're playing through an MMO. That sounds like literally your jam. My problem is that it has. Um, it's like an action RPG. Where you have you know combo based and, and stuff like that, which I'm normally fine with, but also ranged combat is a twin stick shooter. Oh, so it's
1: skill-based.
0: So there's definitely skill. And the other thing is you do a lot of ricocheting, which means you're shooting your bullets and they're bouncing off of things. In fact, okay. almost all of the puzzle solving in this game is based on ricochets. And they give you a shield that you can put up which is directional. And one of the oh, first Oh, I can
1: see you noping out of that immediately. So the,
0: the first boss was like this crazy crab thing on a ledge. And okay. um it had two phases, one where it was shooting at you from the front, but like another thing is you had to shoot at these two things that were in the upper right and left corners of the room and you had to get both of them while it was shooting at you, you had to hide behind stuff. It was very timing based. There was a lot of stuff going on. So I had to bail. I spent a lot of time watching my son play this game because he immediately volunteered. It's like, fine dad, mm-hmm. I'll play it. I'll review it. Totally in. Um, his review is written. I am editing it. It will go up in the next couple of days. He liked it in spite of the fact that many of the puzzles were, as he put it, way more annoying than Zelda. That was, that's, that's a direct quote. Ooh. Um, and part of that's just because of the time, you know, the, part of it's because of the ricocheting and also because when you're based, Physics-based, aiming, physics-based yeah, stuff
1: is, is really challenging, and it's really challenging to make physics-based puzzles interesting without making them infuriating.
0: Yeah. Uh like jumping puzzles
1: in Destiny. It's like, why would you do this? Why are you like this?
0: Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's a very good example of just stuff that just doesn't necessarily fit. If they took the twin-stick shooter out, um, and you can't just, see
1: Steve, but he's clenching his jaw.
0: Like if they took the, if they took the twin stick shooter out or made it only that I would have been perfectly fine. Um, so like it was God's just, trigger
1: or something like yeah, that.
0: Something like that. There's just too much happening all at once. Now what Evan has said, and I'm going to give it another try. It's on game pass now. So I'm going to try, I'm actually going to try it with a mouse and a keyboard. So oh, I think that'll be possible that that'll be better. Possible, I I I want to make it clear I noped out of this game, but not because I hated it. It's just because I knew I was going to be fighting against it the entire time, and I was not going to be able to give it a fair shake, um, mm-hmm. because of me. So this is one of those it's not you, it's me moments. Um, and I gave it to Evan, and he played through it. He put a lot of time and effort into finishing, mm-hmm. and um, he loved it. He thought it was great. He thought it was very cool. He liked the story, you know. It,
1: I've heard the story is extremely good in this
0: game. Yeah, he liked it. And um, I, like I said, I'm going to try it again. And so I'll, I'll report back once I try it on PC. Mm-hmm. But um, it looks awesome. The soundtrack is crazy cool. And, you know, some of the character designs are just so dumb and over the top. Because what it looks like.
1: Like Nomura nonsense? Uh, no. So not belts and buckles everywhere?
0: No, no, no. It's not. It doesn't look like a Final Fantasy game. It looks like a sci-fi RPG that was made in the 16-bit era. You know what I mean? Like it just looks like it's lots yeah. of neon colors, and mm-hmm. you know, it's not belts. I mean, I'm sure there's one character at least that has two. It's got to be belts.
1: one with belts. There's
0: L- be one. Lulu. Lulu is there's an homage to Lulu somewhere in that world, um, but yeah, yeah, it looked really sorry. cool. I know, oh, of course you are. Um So yeah, I. So that's what I have to say about about crosscode. At the end of the day it's fifteen dollars. So that is as games go, if you if anything that I said sounded interesting, watch a YouTube video for three or four minutes, read our review, and then fifteen dollars is is not a great ask. that's you know it, and even if you don't finish it and you play a decent amount of it, you'll you'll I, I suspect if it's your kind of game, you might really like it. So that is cross code again. My the only reason I can't give it a resounding recommendation is that uh, I was bad at it. <laughs> so um, you played another game that you um were raving about over text messages.
1: I was I was not raving about it on social because I was too busy playing it. <laughs> uh, so so I ended up seeing this game during one of the summer. One of the summer gaming festivals, actually. Let me just pull up my notes real quick. As I saw it, and I was like, I really want to play this game. Which one was it? It was... Might have been the Guerrilla Collective. No. It was the PC gaming show. That's right. That's when I ended up seeing this game. And I was like, oh my god. This looks like the long dark, but not trying to murder me. I'm into it. (laughs) And so, like, that that was my internal pitch, was the long dark, but not trying to murder me. So I ended up picking it up. It is another game that's in early access. I am not, like, I'm playing two games now in early access. I rarely play early access games. I don't tend to like them. I tend to get caught up in bugs. I can tend to get caught up in experience foibles and frustrations. But I was like, I got to make an exception for Among Trees. Like, Among Trees is, it just, it's it looks so unbelievably beautiful. So I picked it up on the Epic Game Store. And... I have sunk like 10 hours into this game, like over the weekend. I like, I really got into it over the weekend. And it is a survival game. It's a survival game where you start off in the woods and you see a cabin, like just this little shack. And there are a bunch of like fur planks around everywhere. You pick up some sticks, you go find some mushrooms. You start figuring out how to, how to survive, but it's not. An unfriendly world. There are bears around, but you can easily avoid bears, especially once you figure out that, you know, once you once you create like a crafting room and you can create a map, you can make note of where the bears are roaming. So you don't have to make that mistake um, more than once where you're like hiding in the weeds like I was hiding in the weeds and looking around like Is this bear going to get me. Turns out bear did not get me.
0: I was very impressed. I remember that. uh, Was that the time that you posted on Twitter? Yeah. That the bear was that you were worried if the bear was going to get you? I was was really scared. I was very concerned. I was like, is that bear going to get Manda?
1: I really thought that bear was going to get me. That bear did not, in fact, get me. Um, So where I am in the game right now, and this is this has just been just such an incredible experience, is I have built out a cooking room. So I have like a kitchen, essentially. I've got a greenhouse where I grow turnips and beets currently. Those are the only seeds I have. And what else do I have? I've got my crafting room. I've got a storage attic. And I just finished building a sewing room where I can make better backpacks and I can make better materials uh, for my clothing so that I can stay out a little bit later at night so that if I'm not tired... um, as long as i'm warm i can stay out a little bit later and like do a little foraging and i just finished building a fishing rod so i just stand on the edge of one of the lakes near my cabin and i just fish all day as long as awesome. i've got like a as long as i've got a little bit of food with me i can basically do whatever but a lot of this game is just roaming around and collecting materials learning how to make things you pick up blueprints along the way for important items uh, I'm going to start venturing a little bit further out into the world once I've learned how to make uh, tents and campfires, so that I can just go on an expedition and I can take a few days and then I can come back to my cabin. So, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying myself. It's like a it's a less punishing long dark game and it is a more grown up Minecraft.
0: Uh, that right there, like, put that on the back of a box. <laughs> I mean, not that games get put in boxes anymore, but, right, like, it's that's It's definitely a, a
1: box quote.
0: That is a box quote, and I, uh, I, I mean, that makes it sound kind of attractive to me. Um,
1: it's so zen, too. Like, it's very, it's very relaxing to play this game. It doesn't make me panicked. I don't feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel a sense of accomplishment every single time I sit down to play. So,
0: do you think that I would struggle with my same problem that I have had in the past with other similar games, where I would restart over and over because I think I did it wrong? No, you You would not do that. No, because there's no wrong way to
1: play this game. Okay, genuinely, there's no wrong way to play it. You can do whatever, like whatever is the feels the most comfortable for you. If you want to go and explore a bunch of the map to begin with and that's where you want to start instead of like me where i just roamed out in bits and fits and starts and i just kind of went in concentric circles around my camp you can pick a direction and go and as long as you're back by nightfall it doesn't matter so it really depends on how you on what kind of experience you want you can take your time to build all of the extra rooms you can you know Really push through it and like get it done as quickly as possible and hit all of the ruined watchtowers so that you can pick up raw materials like steel pipes and steel wire and, and nails and bolts and stuff. Um, but yeah, it, there's no wrong way to start this game, so I don't think that you'll fall into that trap. I always fall into that trap, and I don't, I haven't this time, I haven't restarted at all.
0: Well, that is pretty awesome. So I uh, I'm gonna have to take a look at this one. Uh, this is probably one that we'll uh, revisit down the line. Oh, because... absolutely. Because
1: it's an early access right now, so it's like oh
0: yeah.
1: It's in it's an alpha. It's oh great, yeah. Okay. Though. I really really love it so far. Like the content isn't going isn't as robust now as it's going to be when the game is ready to be launched. But I'm still finding a lot of joy in it, and it's beautiful.
0: That's one thing. The screenshot that you posted, admittedly, I was looking at it like on my phone and I was still really intrigued by it. So, you know that that says a lot about a game where you can share a screenshot on Twitter and I can look at it on my phone and be interested in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas a lot of games just kind of look like, bleh. you know, yeah, what I mean? this
1: is not a blog game. This game is unbelievably beautiful.
0: OK, speaking about games that are not blog games. Look at me with my professional segues. Um, Appreciate that. I want to talk about Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon 2. Really? Yeah.
1: All right, walk me through it.
0: Uh, it is it's a it's a really really good Castlevania game. It's better than the actual Bloodstained. Fair um, enough. I can say that uh, definitively. So here's what happened: Bloodstained. Igarashi did a Kickstarter to make a new Castlevania game. He wanted to, and he did Bloodstained. And one of the stretch goals was that they were going to make like a 8-bit-ish, not a D make, but like another game in the franchise. I, I don't know if it's a prequel or whatever. It's in the same world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they made it, and it was released, uh, the, the Bloodstained Curse of the Moon was released a couple of years ago, and I ate that game right up. The big conceit is that it is a Castlevania game, but you can switch between your characters, there were three of them at any time. And they didn't share a life bar, which meant that if one of your guys had an ability that you wanted to save, you could switch to somebody else and kind of protect them. Uh, this is more of the same. Okay. Um, there are more characters, the world, um, you can actually st- do stage select after you finish levels so you can actually go back and replay them. What? With characters that you didn't necessarily have before, so you can kind of see new things. That's rad. uh, And one of the characters is definitely a Corgi in power armor made out of a train. What? I'm going to take a drink right now so we can all bask in that.
1: What? A Corgi in power armor? I want to go to there. It's
0: a Corgi in power armor that looks like a train. Um, And his big thing is dashing, obviously. Uh, Of
1: course. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and there's that lots of areas. And, you know, from what I can understand, it's like he has, um, like in fighting games, you know, some moves have armor, which means like they, yep. so uh, for, I guess, for those that don't know fighting games, if something has armor, that means that uh, you can kind of, things that might hit you won't stop you. So you mm-hmm. can just kind of push through your opponent's counterattack. And you might still take the damage, but at the very least, it doesn't impede your movement. And so that's his kind of trick. And it, it's a, you can't see the corgi because he's inside the power armor, but you know he's there in spirit. Uh, and true. you know what? This is a challenging game, but it is a fair game. Uh, mm-hmm. and I know that's, that's like at this point challenging, but fair is like a cliche. Um, because, but it's true in this case. So I'm just going to use it. Um, I really appreciate it. I had to put the controller down at a couple of points and I haven't finished it yet, but it is, uh, it is definitely on my list of games that I need to, you know, knock out because it is, it's also only $15. It is a very uh, cool homage to that era. Mm -hmm. The difference is like Castlevania, it really looks like Castlevania one and three. Um, And the stage design feels very similar to those. The difference is that Castlevania 1 and 3 were incredibly punishing in that you, you know, when you jumped, you fell like a lead brick. These characters don't do that. Also, you can jump onto stairs, and That's continue them. Um So it's it, it makes the game feel a little faster. Mm-hmm. Also, there is an assist mode, so you can play in Veteran, where it plays like a regular game, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, you can play uh, casual mode, where you can just play the story, etc., where you don't have any knockback, and you have unlimited lives. So you basically can just push through it. Uh, I loved it. Every minute that that I've played really so cool. far. I'm playing on veteran right now, but I suspect that I may end up needing to dump it down eventually. But that's okay. I feel no moral obligation to platinum this game or whatever. Honestly, uh, I'm playing.
1: normalize playing on whatever difficulty oh. you want, however you want. Oh. It
0: shouldn't matter. Preach. Uh, I want to just enjoy the game. Yeah. And if that's Don't what be I,
1: mad at it. But I want to.
0: But I did want to. Um you know, see what that quote-unquote veteran difficulty was like. And you know what it feels like? It feels like Castlevania. Like, even the arc that you take as you get hit, because you you do this little, like, you fall up. You do, like, a hop when you take damage. So you get knocked back, and it will definitely throw you into pits. 100%. will throw you into pits. But, you know, if you use the casual mode, you just walk right through and you take the damage and your characters will die but you have unlimited lives. It is um very pretty the pixel art is cool. It's somewhere in between like 8 and 16 bits. You know how that that animation style goes. It's not as good looking as Shovel Knight.
1: Wow. Well, I mean
0: but very what few is. things are but for $15, I think this is a cool game, especially if you are a family where maybe, maybe you were a big fan of the Castlevanias when you were younger and you're looking to share some of that with your family. Uh, you can't get Symphony of Night on the Switch yet, inexplicably. So uh, this is a pretty good.
1: That is pretty inexplicable, actually. Yeah, considering I like You can
0: buy it on iPhone. I just you can buy it on iPhone for three dollars. I have no idea why, considering they could they could easily charge twenty dollars for it on Switch and everyone would buy it. Literally everyone. Uh, I don't know why they don't why they hate money so much. Um, I don't know. That's that's my financial. I would feed
1: them money. I would feed that to them. Like, let me give you my money.
0: Yeah, at least twenty dollars. At least. (laughs) Um. Could you imagine if they did a physical like collector's edition of Castlevania Symphony of the Night on Switch? Could you imagine the, the fights that would happen? Like physical fights of people trying to grab that. Um, you, you and I absolutely can. We might not be involved yeah, in that. You can picture No, them.
1: but I can definitely, that's in my, it's in my brain now. It's in our I brain. I can't unsee that.
0: So that's the around the horn. I do want to say, uh, to, to tease for next, next week. Um, I do have ring fit adventure in the house.
1: Oh. I and saw so, the photos.
0: And so Meggie has tried it a couple of times. Uh but I am going to start my voyage tomorrow. Awesome. Where I'm going to do the working out cuz uh the 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 quarantine has not been good to me. So I'm going to I'm going to try and fix it. With with the help of Nintendo, so that's a little tease for next time. We're gonna talk a little bit more about ring fit, and it's probably not a bad time now because ring fits are slowly becoming more available. It would have been rude of me to talk about it two or three months ago because they were nowhere to be found.
1: yeah, because people like me were the only ones that bought it at launch.
0: well, I mean, I don't know there's they definitely under um they 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 definitely yeah. undershot the demand, yeah. but also. I think a big spike in that demand was from the number of people who were trapped in the house. And so who yep. was going to predict that
1: from you a manufacturing
0: could, perspective?
1: You can't, you can't predict that from a manufacturing perspective. The production pipeline does not account for global pandemics.
0: It definitely doesn't. Maybe. And, uh, Vivi's so, really
1: enjoying her journey with yeah. Ring Fit as well. That's been like her, when they're, when they're not able to get to the pool, that's what she does on the days where they're not able to get to the pool.
0: So we'll talk about that plenty because i'm excited to give it a shot i so can't
1: wait to hear about it
0: yeah uh, you, and i'm sure you'll hear about it on twitter and via other means too uh and it'll likely be me complaining um but in a good way so let's sure. take a break and then we'll come back and we have three little topics to talk about one of them probably very important to the people listening so we'll be back in just a moment folks This is Steve. I'm the host. If you like listening to this podcast, you probably like some of our other content, too. You can find that all over social media. So make sure to head over to Facebook.com slash Engaged Family Gaming. Perhaps you might like to see some stuff on Twitter by going to Twitter.com slash E-F-G-A-M-I-N-G. Or maybe you just want to head on over to Instagram and look for Engaged Family Gaming there. See you later, guys. Bye now. Alright, everybody. Welcome back to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I'm still Steven. I'm still here with Amanda and we are still talking about video games. I promise Bugs you. Bug
1: snacks! Not bug
0: snacks. Uh, no, we're, talk- we're not talking about bug snacks. I, I don't
1: want to um, talk about bug snacks.
0: Uh, listen, that's Twitter. Everybody wants to talk about bug snacks. How about, uh, how about announcing your game with no gameplay and making the entire video game industry want to talk about it? Bug Because you, mem- you memed your game. Uh, <laughs> this is Bugsnax Marketing is definitely win. yeah Bugsnax is this year's Untitled Goose game
1: yes extremely yes and um, I am so very here for it
0: except I, I, I don't know what it's going to be anyway, we'll, I don't we'll talk care about it's going to be
1: a horror survival game and I'm still going to be survival into it
0: horror game. um yeah <laughs> it's a, it's a M rated fighting game done
1: uh, put it in my veins Bugsnax
0: oh man can we get the Bugsnax guy as a guest character in Smash uh, hey. tell me that wouldn't be funny. Anyway, yeah, really so it. here we go, guys. Three topics. Uh, one right. of them, um, Amanda, you can take a nap if you need to. I'm gonna talk a little bit about World of Warcraft. Um, K dog so, time. Yeah, that's the that's the joke on the EFG show. Every time WoW Wo comes up, I tell Jeff he can take a nap. Um, okay. So I'm gonna bring this up only because it was one of those significant news beats. Over the last two weeks. That's not a joke. Um, and uh, part of this is to tease a very detailed conversation that I had with my good friend Dana Brown about this on EFG, LFG, PST. Uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands is the eighth expansion. Eighth expansion to World of Warcraft. This what game is. do we is know ev- about it? Well, here's what we know. Um, the, the story. They actually gave us a lot of details. It was about an hour long live stream where they really deep did a deep dive. The story is that Sylvanas, the former uh, war chief of the Horde, now Banshee, doing her own thing, mm-hmm. uh, steals the Lich King's helmet and rips it in half because as one does, and apparently when one does Ooh, that, dip. when one does that, it shatters the barrier between the, the realms of the living and the realms of the dead, and apparently. Oh, as the onset of the expansion goes, all of the heroes of Azeroth, both the Horde and the Alliance, die and go to the Shadowlands, which is essentially the afterlife. Which is important for two reasons: one, because we this get to go. This is sounding
1: very much so like Final Fantasy XIV: Heaven's Word.
0: Video games Video are games. weird. <laughs> um, so Some heaven
1: and hell nonsense. Everybody going on dies.
0: Here. Uh, so speaking of Heaven and Hell. So you go to uh, the afterlife, and so this is important for two things. One, uh, you get to go to a whole new world, which is the Shadowlands, which has four main regions, and each of those four regions are four covenants, which are di- the different groups that rule over the end of the world. Mm-hmm. The big key in this expansion is that you must join one of them. So you have to join one of the covenants. So they have the Kyrian, who are more or less angels. You have Meldraxis. Which is the heart of all, uh, the birthplace of all necromancy. Um, all right. You have uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Night Fae, who are, uh, they deal with all the natural things that die. And then your favorite, you don't even know it yet, but the, the Venthyr, who are the goth vampire guys who uh, deal with the redemption of lost souls. So they find people that are lost and redeem them and help them find their way. I know. Um, I literally was thinking about you the whole time. So (laughs) um, the whole time I was watching it. With that said, I am very struggling on which character I'm going to put in that faction because I really don't want to like them. Um, It... I. you you it listen, you listened. Um
1: I did. It's true. There there was some to... serious struggle there was some serious struggle there, but you know what you did you guys didn't talk about on your World of Warcraft episode? The fact that you were gonna be able to like belong to crazy vampire clans in Civilization Six continue.
0: I didn't know that, but that's not cool. <laughs> but I, that's a weird ed, that's a weird edge case. So What's cool about this, um, from another story perspective, is all the heroes are going to be on this other dimension, um, uh, afterlife, and time travels differently there. So my suspicion is that this is also going to give them an opportunity to basically completely redo Azeroth um, a la The Cataclysm from a bunch of years ago, which is very cool, because, man, that world needs a refresher, because Cataclysm was, like, eight years ago, or something like that. So, um, if oh, you want... God, w-
1: it really? I'm yeah, it just, was a long time ago. A long time ago.
0: So, um, yeah. Um, so, that is, uh, we, we know that it's coming this fall. They said mm-hmm. this fall. They didn't give us a date. um, They didn't give us a date. I thought they were, but just getting a confirmation of this fall, um, considering they could have bumped it because if they had come out and said, listen, COVID-19 threw off all our processes, we have to redo everything. Mm -hmm. Um, if they had done that, I wouldn't have been shocked. So the fact that they doubled down on it's coming out this year was very important to me. Um, Because that means I'm sure that it is at this point. And yeah, so we're going to, Dana and I go into a very deep dive in the, uh, in the EFG World of Warcraft podcast. So go into that. We're going to talk to it. And in subsequent weeks, we're going to go deep diving into classes and class changes. And, you know, we're going to keep it casual, but we're going to, you know, all you people have been thinking about playing a Death Knight. We're going to be talking to you about all that. So that's a tease. Um so after the World of Warcraft thing happened so we got Sword and Sorcery fantasy shenanigans then Ubisoft came out of nowhere and announced a brand new battle royale game um what are your thoughts on Hyperscape
1: Okay So when I saw Hyperscape cuz like I I know that there were my my streamer friends were playing it early they were playing it you know, to get people hyped huh, for hyperspace, hyperscape. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna call it. I'm gonna call it hyperspace. So many times.
1: I call. It, yeah, it's forever gonna be hyperspace. Um, just like I struggle to call space mountain hyperspace mountain. Um, it's really silly. But anyway, so hyperscape looks really interesting to me because it is, it's a hero shooter that mm-hmm. is reminiscent of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. But it is in virtual, like, the conceit of this game is that it's held fully in virtual reality. Yep. It's got a very Ready Player One vibe to it where it's like, oh, yeah. okay, so future sucks. The world is, like, garbage. So everybody is in VR all the time, which is like, okay, I get you. I'm in VR a lot these days. I feel you. Um, And, like, this is, like, the way that folks are interacting with each other and they're finding prestige in the real world is through this hyper hyper hyperscape competition so it looks incredibly diverse Mm -hmm. in its character models which is awesome it the gameplay looks kind of bananas but in a good way yeah i want to play this game like, genuinely, I want to play this game. And I know it's in early access right now, but it's going to be free to play, I
0: mm-hmm. guess. It's free to play right now, actually. Yeah. Um,
1: That's you know, wild.
0: You know who really has a hunger for this game? Oh, I would imagine
1: my, who has a hunger my, for
0: is this game. our Battle Royale expert, who's sitting right there. Our guy. Hi. We're talking about HyperScape. He's like... No, we're talking about, like the, no, we're so talking about bug watching, Snacks. Oh, we're definitely, no, we're talking about bug snacks. No, we're not talking <laughs> about bug snacks. We're talking about Hypers- hyperscape. Um, so, uh, I'm a hundred percent. We should take clips of us just nonstop name dropping bug snacks and send them to Pop Agenda. So they, um, cause they know I'll both just of us. send them to Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Phil
1: follows me on Twitter. I'll just send him like a bunch of clips about me screaming about bug snacks.
0: <laughs> And everybody that's listening is like, what are they even talking about? So, uh, he was watching the trailer and by like maybe halfway through it, he's like, so can we download it now? You got two monitors. Can we download it now? Pretty and good. I'm like, dude, let's just, just chill. We're, it'll be fine. Be cool. Be cool, dude. Um, but the answer is yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm hundred percent like,
1: going to download it like right now. I haven't yeah. booted up you playing in forever.
0: Yeah, that's the only downside is that I don't, I can't remember my UPlay information. Otherwise, if it was, I went immediately to the Epic Game Store because I was like, oh, maybe it's there. Uh, it was not, and so I'll get it on UPlay. It's fine. Well, you know, what's one more launcher? I can't be that guy that's like, whatever, just use Epic Game Store. It doesn't matter, and then be that guy and not do UPlay. But I just didn't want to do it at that point. I hear we're gonna get it, so we're definitely gonna talk about it. I am excited for this. You're right. The characters are diverse. The gunplay looks cool. I like the superpowers. I like the fact that you're fighting over bad. not just weapons, but you're you're fighting over. So you with battle royale games, right? You're you're popping into the map. You're going around. You're picking up guns. The first thing I want to say is with guns, when you shoot at your opponents, you pop them you out. You turn into, of into polygons. Yeah, they just they turn into polygons and vanish because it's inside of a game. So I think that by itself I love games that do that. Fortnite does it. Um it, 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 and I think a lot of people don't Fortnite is so fast, you don't even see it happening, but here yeah. it is very clear. It is very Tron to me. Yes. Um, and I am good here for that. And yeah. so love it. um and I and I also like so you you it's area control. You're moving around, you're trying to find guns. Um, and grenades and other kind of weapons, but also in this game, you're trying to find hacks, which are more or less superpowers, and uh, they let you do really crazy cool stuff, and I am very excited to see what some of those are, cool things are.
1: Like I said, it looks bananas.
0: Yeah. First-person games like this have a lot of design space. Like we have played oh, you and totally. I have played first. you and I have played first-person shooters for a long time and between Halo and Many Destiny years. and, you know, Oh heck, the, I can
1: go all the way back to
0: Doom to Quake. Yeah. And when you think about when they started giving characters like cool superpowers, which was, you know, in the beginning it was just check out these cool guns and they were like, no, you need more than cool guns. There have been so what much What if there wasn't space. a
1: ton of gravity, you know, like yeah. Unreal Tournament really, exactly. really, really, really played with that?
0: And these guys can do that. And also, did you see some of the stream integrations where you, might, oh, you can interact with this game... Being able to interact with this game without even playing it. You know, how many of our kids love watching streamers? Well, the fact that they can go on to Twitch and participate and change the game, it's just really cool.
1: It's very Hunger Games. Like, that's what that reminds me of. Is like, you remember in, in Hunger Games how, you know, the the audience could essentially, like, vote yeah. or pay for packages that would get sent out into yeah. the arena. Yeah, like absolutely. It's, I, I, I really like that mechanic. I like the mechanic of engaging an audience to get invested in the outcome of a game beyond, like, raw, raw, raw. No, I want to change this up. I want to see how these folks are going to react.
0: Exactly. And I think there have been other games that have, like, hinted at this. But a lot of them have been from smaller teams or haven't gotten a yes. lot of support. The advantage here is this is Ubisoft, and yeah. Ubisoft over the last hand num- handful of years has really proven that they can take a game, a service-based game, and really put their muscle behind it and make it grow, a la huh? Rainbow Six Siege, which has been going on forever. And they even turned Assassin's Creed into it a little bit, right? So like a bit, they know. Yeah. I say a little bit, like a scotch. Yeah. Little scotch of service-based okay. game, but this is this is their first free-to-play battle royale, and I'm here for it. So, um, expect more information from us about Hyperscape as we go on, because I think this is going to be one of those. You know what? Uh, you don't want them, you don't want them to play whatever the Call of Duty battle royale is. Maybe, maybe they could play Hyperscape because uh, this it seems like a really great alternative to it's, some of the other more bloody yeah. games.
1: Agreed. I think that it is a really interesting marriage between a battle royale that's reminiscent of fortnite and it has that first person shooter perspective like in overwatch and maybe your kid's not old enough to play overwatch yet because that community can get to be a bit much but hyperscape's new i don't know what the social uh what the social controls look like maybe they don't like apex legends i don't know but I am really interested in Hyperscape. It was one of the few games during Ubi's presentation that I felt good about.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um Good segue. I want to talk about one for the grown-ups here, guys. This is just I'm I'm going to allow myself. This is two on minutes. brand. Stream. I'm going to allow myself two minutes. Assassin's Creed Valhalla looks so cool, and I, so. Uh, I know you're going to be playing, um, cyberpunk. And I'm, I'm so excited for you to play cyberpunk. I'm very I excited. I can't about wait cyberpunk. to text with you and share stories. So while you're exploring this, you know, dystopian, like, cyberpunk future, I am going to be a Viking, Viking battle princess. And I get to dual wield shields, Amanda.
1: The dual wielding shields, the First thought that I had with that damn thing was Steve's going to lose it.
0: <laughs> um I immediately lost it and I was so excited. So very 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 excited. So look, uh th- the big thing on that one is that they let you do a wield anything. Yeah. And any so they were talking about it, it and they were doing like a crazy like, you know, montage of the character Going back, you know, like going back and forth from being the male Ivar to the female Ivar, and they were switching weapons and going crazy. And then in the last thing, they would go, and you can even dual wield shields. And listen, I do like shields. And uh, I am going to definitely do that. I'm not going to say I'm going to do it the whole time, but I'm definitely going to do happen. that. This is definitely not a game for kids. Obviously, no. it's super M-rated. Um, this is... But this is EFG
1: those, After Dark,
0: EFG After Dark. But for those grown-ups that are going to be looking for an action game this fall, uh, this is probably going to be one of a handful because there's really not a lot of games coming out this fall, folks. So um, I am uh, I, I marked the date on the calendar. My birthday is just a couple of weeks beforehand, so I will probably be grabbing a pre-order of this. And I'm very excited. Um, also, it looks really pretty, but I think everything looks great. And I can't wait to see it all. Like Things is just... Games are going to be so pretty this fall uh, whenever games. we play them I on our really new... I like yeah.
1: games, Steve. I love games. Uh,
0: video games are great. So there we go. That's been my two minutes. It's a little bit more than that, but forgive me. Do Wielding Shields and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I would like... If you have ever liked an Assassin's Creed, especially if you liked Odyssey, I would encourage you, go to a YouTube, look up the trailer. You will see that DNA there, and then they added some extra stuff, and... Um, the thing I liked about it is that it's uh, – I liked the color palette just a little bit better, and I think that's purely just because I love the color green, and there was a lot more of it. Sure. In, there's a lot more green there than, you know, your Stony Islands. I mean, it's not like Greece isn't beautiful, but whatever. I it's like the beautiful color
1: beautiful in a very different way.
0: Yeah, they're just different kinds of beautiful. So anyway. Agreed. So, all right. That was my uh my one for the grown-ups. Now let's talk I want you to put your business hat on. Okay, hold on. She All did right, it. Business Oops. hat
1: on. Business yeah. hat
0: on. Yep. So one thing that happened in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. is uh somebody had to go first, I guess. And uh 2K games Decided, uh, that with NBA 2K 21, they were going to kind of reveal that. And, and I guess we, can we call it a reveal or is it a tease? I don't know. They basically said next generation games are going to be $10 more expensive. What are your thoughts on this? Cause you had this, you had thoughts and feelings. I know you recorded a whole podcast with Mike about it. So I sure did. I'm going to refer people for the deep, deep dive yes. to your show, yeah. but. Give us the Cliff Notes Amanda version with ex, with an extra week of context.
1: Okay, so the the reason why 2K or sorry, Take Two going first on this is so challenging is because the vast majority of Take Two's library is heavily focused on like microtransactions, especially with something like NBA 2K. NBA 2K is heavily monetized on the hmm. long tail. So that means that you are paying to to play the game up front and you are likely paying to continue to play the game and enjoy things like opening up card packs and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um I don't play any sports games anymore because I haven't really liked a lot of the microtransaction y stuff. It hasn't really hasn't really spoken to me, so I kind of bounced off of even NHL. Um, but I like So here's here's the thing. Looking at this from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense, right? Cost for developing a game has gone up and up and up, and there needs to be some kind of balancing measure, right? So that's on the business side. On the business side, it makes a lot of sense. The problem that also on the business side is that extra $10 per game isn't going to the people that are making the games, It isn't directly going to developers. It isn't directly going to the folks that are like coding and designing and creating these games with love, care and attention. It's going to the company, which means that it's trickling into executive pockets and into shareholders, which isn't terrible, but it doesn't feel particularly great, especially coming from a giant company like Take-Two, where their earnings are always utterly bonkers. So, from a business perspective, it both makes sense and sucks. So, let's talk about it from a consumer perspective. That extra $10 is just for current generation. So, if you have, uh, if you're paying an extra $10, you're paying it, you're not even paying for like the upgrade. So, like, if you, if you want the upgrade version, like you want to be able to upgrade to like Xbox Series X or PlayStation Five, you have to pay an extra like twenty or thirty dollars. How much was it, Mike?
0: Was it forty dollars? It, it was a hundred dollars if you wanted the current gen version plus the next gen version. And That's that what it was. You like the Kobe version, the Kobe Bryant. The Kobe version. Bryant
1: version, yeah. So it was it was a mixed bag there too, where it's like, okay, well, you're paying extra just to upgrade instead of using Xbox Smart Delivery or using whatever PlayStation's upgrade mechanic will end up being, because I'm assuming that PlayStation isn't going to miss the boat on that. Um, But that's a big assumption. They, They might. They might leave that money on the table. This also creates some big problems within marginalized communities. Let's talk about that for a second. We can't have a conversation about pricing without talking about how this affects marginalized communities. And especially considering that the demographics for... Speaking of demographics, the the demographics are heavily weighted towards NBA 2K being something that young people love playing. So young people are already there. They're like a lot of them have lost their jobs. A lot of them worked in retail. They have hourly jobs, jobs that are very public facing. So it's just like, okay, well, where's their liquid? Where's their liquid income these days? And then on top of that, it's people of color mostly playing NBA 2K. Uh-huh. So and that's not just for NBA 2K. We're talking about in general is that any price, any pricing addition, like any any increase in price that we see is going to end up disproportionately affecting folks that are on the lower end of the of, of the economic, um the economic scale, I guess, if we want to call it that. But there it's going to affect you know, working class families, even more so. And gaming is already a luxury. So Mike and I really do dig into this, not just on our news show. We had a couple of news shows actually dedicated to pricing. Um, Was it a couple? Yeah, we had a couple of shows that are dedicated to pricing. So there was our news show uh, about game prices on the rise. And then we did an interview episode with Dan Sherman at Game Club. And that was another great conversation talking about how the future of gaming is going to be heavily weighted in subscription gaming because it keeps gaming economical and especially if there are transparent um, ways to take care of developers as a result of, of these subscription gaming services. I mean, Xbox Game Pass continues to be the best value on the market. So so anyway, that's... If you really want to get nerdy mm. with us, we do really dig into it. And Mike and I do a lot of back and forth on, on the game pricing um, and Dan walks us through his His perspective as well.
0: Yeah, everything you said makes total sense to me. As a consumer, um, myself, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can't, obviously, I can't speak for everyone. um, I think this is one of those things that's going to make a lot of, it's going to impact. uh, I mean, it's certainly going to have an impact on a lot of folks, right? You know, the, and I think, you know, when you listen to, you know, the discourse on Twitter, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, it's time we need to do it. And I I, I kind of get that. And I, I can't argue with it. Sure. Um, but, you know, it there are a lot of folks that are like, oh, well, this is really going to impact, you know, the people that buy like lots of games. And I was like, you know what? You know, I don't know. I think this is going to impact a lot of, you know, this is certainly going to impact families. Um, yes,
1: not it is, six... because it, I mean, but also if you think about it in terms of like folks in Europe, folks in oh, Canada, uh, oh like yeah. where like Canadian games prices... are all are already like seventy nine ninety nine Canadian and have yeah. been that way for 15 years.
0: It could be a hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, well, know,
1: that's what it's. That's certainly what it's It may as well be.
0: I mean, the reality yeah. is, if it's ninety, it may as well be a hundred, and that's the thing, right? Like sixty. And this is just the rule of rounding numbers, which isn't actually a rule, but like
1: it's sixty psychology. bucks. Is,
0: sixty bucks is kind of close to fifty bucks, but seventy bucks may as well be a hundred dollars, and I think that that is a. That's a really big deal, you know. If you're that kid and your your mom buys you Madden every summer or whatever, okay. which I'm sure that there is a group oh, of people like that, absolutely. Um, and it's like, yeah, this is your thing we do at the end of the summer. You know, I think there are going to be more than a handful of people that are going to be like, wow, seventy bucks—that's a lot—and they might do it. But I think there's a small group that might not be able to, and because that's just you know, ten dollars can be is a
1: deal- still ten dollars.
0: Ten dollars can be a deal breaker, and not because you know. and maybe not even because literally it would impact the bank account because $10 is not a lot when you're looking at specifically, you know, balancing the checkbook, but $10 is a pretty big deal with perception. And I think that that's going to be a very big deal because $70 may as well be a hundred bucks. And to a lot of
1: people, absolutely. And this comes down to psychology as much as it comes down to economics.
0: Yeah. I mean, of course there's going to be the rank and file, you know, like for example, Uh, You know, for a lot of us, like I this is this year is probably the only year I'm going to buy an Assassin's Creed game the time it comes out. Normally, I wait. This one, I just really want to do a wheeled shields. I'm sorry. And that's how Um, I
1: felt about Odyssey is that I really wanted Odyssey when it first came out, because it was like I can play Cassandra and Cassandra is this, you know, amazing mercenary who's beautiful and strong and. Yeah. You know, I like I just I just needed that experience. I don't feel that way about Valhalla as much, but But, yeah, like it is what it is.
0: So what you might do is wait until it's twenty bucks. Yeah. Because then you then when it's twenty bucks on sale, you might say, you know what, Steve's been ranting about this game for a year. It's twenty dollars now, and because that's the thing, right? Like a lot of these games, I talk about it with my family all the time that. A game will come out in the spring, and I'll call that a Black Friday game for me. Sure, yeah, because it's a game where it's like that will percent be twenty five bucks with the blue Friday. sticker at, with the blue sticker at Walmart or whatever, and mm-hmm. I'll just grab it then um, because I don't want to pay sixty bucks. And so, yeah, this is there are clearly people who were gonna maybe who weren't in that camp before where they were waiting on stuff, and maybe now they're gonna have to, <laughs> and that's certainly fine. Um, and with this, an
1: unprecedented unprecedented number of americans who are currently jobless this continues to be a luxury market and luxury markets are like fashion is faltering like crazy because obviously fashion is faltering like crazy luxury fashion is faltering specifically but we may see gaming go that way if the economy doesn't recover right or if the economy has to adapt and change in such a way that it makes it Really difficult to justify. Okay, well, we're buying a new console, but can I really like how many games can I afford now? Like, like yeah. what's possible for our family based on this information?
0: Yeah, and obviously a lot of this is waiting on the fact that our guesses are that these consoles are going to be expensive. They're going to be
1: expensive,
0: and so the so this is going to be an interesting discussion and one that is going to continue uh you and I were talking about how excited we are for when they finally announce the prices it's because true. for both of our shows we basically just get free content for like a it's whole true. week and for literally less than 10 digits like literally all right it'll be it'll Pretty be more good. than that it'll be like 12 digits because we got to put the decimals in there you know yeah. um so uh but for like less than 12 digits we both get hours of content, um, not to mention words on the page. So uh, it, it that, and that will obviously inform a lot of that too. So we wanted to have this discussion and bring it up just to prepare y'all. Um, it doesn't, yeah, game
1: prices will, are on the rise
0: for the next generation. Yeah. Um, but not, it, it's looking like Nintendo's going to stay the same. I can't imagine they would go up. Um, right. Did we, do we think they will?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that it really depends on manufacturing for the carts.
0: Um, well, yeah, I mean, because the
1: carts are expensive, and so buying physical copies of, uh, of Nintendo games are is always going to be more expensive, especially for first-party games, um, than it will be for digital because it is literally more expensive, yeah. um, to purchase those carts.
0: By a lot. By I a lot. They're expensive. Yeah, don't underestimate the cost of those carts compared to discs.
1: Honestly, if you want to know more about that, we actually did a virtual economy um, back in May, I think, with uh, Josh Fairhurst from Limited Run Games, and we talked about Nintendo cartridges and we talked about some pricing uh, with small run um, physical
0: physical games. be An interesting one to uh, refer back to. So, um, yes. so that's just to give everybody an update. We're obviously going to have way more details. This it obviously totally. it also hasn't been officially announced. Right, no. like but this that which is what's so crazy about this is that it's two, just one it's one it's one game, but we are all it's a fairly safe assumption that Take Two would not put two K twenty one out to die. But I guess it's no. possible. Probably- I
1: mean I think that I think that the thing is on this is that it's gonna be at publisher discretion and we'll just have to see. We'll have yeah. to see how all of these triple A publishers to like where they'll go and how they will discuss pricing and how they will justify that pricing with NBA 2K, I don't actually think that take two this was a like this was good optics for them that, that, that this is just this is negative PR, yeah. you know, it makes them look anti consumer, which is challenging. Not
0: what they want, not what they no,
1: want no, certainly not. And I and I think that this this was a this was a missed opportunity especially to take advantage of something like smart delivery. So,
0: yeah, well, we'll find we'll, we'll talk way more about smart delivery as time goes on. So, everybody, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, would you believe it, Amanda, that that was episode 226 of the Engaged Family Amy podcast?
1: Oh, my goodness. They're still letting us do this. There's no cops.
0: There's definitely no cops, so we can just keep doing it as long as we want. So, everybody, I hope you enjoyed listening as much as Amanda and I enjoyed recording. Uh, we will be back next week. I know we've had some folks uh, send me some messages asking for board game content, and here's what I want to tell you. Uh, Gen Con Online is happening very, very soon.
1: Soon. And we will both be in attendance. I will and be attending Gen Con, internet. and so we'll, so we'll it. Dig-
0: digitally. Also, yeah. um. Toy Fair Suite at Home is next Wednesday, and I, I will be that. and I will be uh, checking some of that stuff out with Linda. So uh, we got Great. some things. So we will have things to talk about. So th- this is what we have done. We're kind of we 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 stopped with the back and forth and started kind of going where the news is. We will be returning because this because because it's an apocalypse with that said um we're we're gonna we will return back to the alternating schedule so all you board game fans that are waiting for us to talk about it, trust us we are gonna be there board games are coming and we have some board game guests that will be joining us soon too as as well as a lineup of other people that i've just been having trouble getting to uh getting on the show um which it's just a scheduling thing because of an apocalypse so, still the Fire
1: Nation attacking.
0: Still the Fire Nation attacking. So everybody, you have yourself a great week. We will be back next time. And until then, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Op by Kevin McLeod, an audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.